Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Brainosaur presents the Weekday Warriors of And hello, everybody. This is the Weekday Wars of Wrestling presented by TheBrainOfSore.com. I'm Eric Clancy, joined as always by Patrick Kelly. This is being recorded on January 24th, 2017. We are less than a week away from the Royal Rumble. Um, we're going to be talking a few things today uh, from the Rumble uh, to TakeOver to a little bit of Lucha Underground news. Um, why don't we start, I guess, because I, I think this is the biggest news going in and that's uh pentagon jr's departure from triple a that's huge i had not heard that uh that is huge so how is that going to affect him appearing on lucha underground it's interesting because triple a doesn't i don't think outright own lucha underground but they are heavily affiliated with it um dorian Roldan, who is one of the owners of triple a was recently put in charge of live events and and uh, they've been you know <clears throat> they've been using they've been using you know all talent essentially from uh, AAA to to really uh, further the product and push it forward. And one, one second, Patrick, hold on one second. Shoot. Okay, sorry about that. I uh, no just problem. wanted to turn the heater off so it wasn't blowing in my face the entire show. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, they've been using mostly AAA talent. Uh, recently, Sexy Star and Phoenix have left AAA, and obviously I think um, Lucha Underground has been filmed through Season 3, mm-hmm. and... <clears throat> uh, so, so we really don't know how that affects whether they're done with the promotion or whether you know that now, correct relationship. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't Phoenix and Pentagon brothers? Yes, they are. Okay, uh, so I guess it's not too surprising that Pentagon would be following his brother out out the door. But yeah, well, Pentagon is in the United States is one of like the hottest acts in the country. I mean, mm-hmm. along with like the Young Bucks. So he's like, oh sure. Apparently, they weren't using him very well in AAA and he wanted to move on and, and I guess really take advantage of that and take advantage of the U S market, uh, which, you know, good for him. And, um, his name is now Penta. I think it's like Penta zero M, which is like, you know, zero Miedo. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, he's doing big business with his merchandise with, um, 
with a ton of stuff. So it, it really didn't make any sense for him to stay. Um, and it's interesting now that you think about that to see of how he was booked in Lucha Underground, whether if they had an inkling that that's where he was heading so that they didn't put the title on him over Montanza. But, you know, because he was like arguably the most over character in the company, but sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like they didn't treat him like that. Um, so so I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that relationship is affected, because, as you know, Lucha Underground is on a mid-season hiatus. And apparently, according to sources that I spoke to, they, even people in the company do not know do not know the reason that they're on the, the hiatus. Um, Dave Meltzer speculated that they um, that they're doing it just to extend the the episodes. Um, uh-huh. My best bet, and this is just a guess on my part, I don't know if you heard this, a lot of people, um, Melissa Santos posted on Twitter that she says, Lucha Underground going on Netflix is imminent. My guess is that El Rey is trying to get Lucha Underground on Netflix because I, I really think Lucha Underground is one of those products that if you show it to people, I think it's very rare that they're like, I don't like this product. The problem is getting it that exposure. Netflix does wonders with that. People have been able to like, um, you know, have revivals because of Netflix. I mean, the X-Files came back because people just watched mm-hmm. the entire X-Files series and they did another season and they're going to do another one after that. So, <clears throat> you know, putting Lucha Underground on Netflix, which is way more accessible than, um, than El Rey Network is, would be a huge thing. So my guess is they hope they can get a deal with Netflix put those on, and then when the season comes back, they'll see if it affects you, viewership, and that'll that'll play into their decision whether or not they renew it for a season four and five and whatever. That That's my guess. Yeah, and that would be very cool if they were able to do it. Netflix is one of my favorite services that I subscribe to. It's, uh, you know, a lot of my favorite shows come from there, you know, old and new, and um, if Witcher Underground got on there, that would be very exciting, and just, uh, very cool to have a friend. Well, it'll be it'll be easier to it'll be easier to show your friends, you know. Like, how yeah, often exactly. do you tell them? Like, when you told your your friends, "Hey, watch Breaking Bad, watch Mad Men, watch X Files, watch this, watch that." Is it on Netflix? That's always the first question people ask. So, if you tell yeah. people check out Lucha Underground, first of all, it's not like Raw where you you like you just got to jump in and hope it's at a good jumping off point. You can watch them fairly quickly and and get through them. So, uh, there's only like I mean. 80 episodes, 90 episodes, which isn't a ton in the grand scheme of things uh, of a, no. of like a wrestling and actually, show. Uh, Lucha Underground is probably the only wrestling show I can think of where I would recommend starting from episode one and watching all the way through. Yeah, that I agree. I agree. So yeah, it's I, not I, like Raw where I'd be like, eh, you can probably skip 2009 or whatever, but uh, no, Lucha Underground absolutely start from the beginning. Yeah, so um, I think that they're banking on that. So everybody, if you want Lucha Underground to have a future, just keep your fingers crossed for a Netflix deal because, in my opinion, I think that's what they're holding out for and why the the, the hiatus was so long. So, um, right. That's that. Um, so we've got both TakeOver and the Royal Rumble coming up. Um, let's talk TakeOver first, and then we'll go um, we'll go into the Royal Rumble. Then we can do a a little retrospective of previous rumbles like we do with some of the big, uh, big four pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I say something about this takeover card? Yeah, go ahead. 
Okay, um, I know I made a crack, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, or at least the last time we did a show. I said something to the extent of, it's like, oh, the TakeOver show will be much better than the Royal Rumble. I'm looking at this TakeOver card, it does not look that good. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I, I was about, before you said, can I say something about the TakeOver card, I was about to say, it sucks. Like, <laughs> because, like, like, first of all, is how weird am I that I just realized that the authors of Payne's name are... Razor and Occam. There's Occam's Razor. Is that on purpose? Probably. It's got to be, I mean, right? whenever there's a pun like that, I assume it's on purpose. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Um, the When I hear uh, Occam, I think of Jay Sherman, the critic. Points to whoever uh, gets that reference. Uh, no, no, no. I get the critic, but why Occam? Uh, whenever um, uh, John Lovitz would do like a fake cough on the show, he would always go, ah, Occam. Oh, I, I yeah, I had forgotten about that. <clears throat> um, okay, so let's take a look at this card then, because I'm with you. I don't think it's that great. Um, and I don't uh, know if it's because they spent all of December just doing like house shows, show shows, which are yeah, which are I, which are fine in in moderation, but. It was just house show after house show, and I'm just like, holy shit! Don't get me wrong, I love shit out of the ordinary, and you know, uh, like, like one of my favorite episodes of Raw is that Christmas '97 episode where they're in like the Worcester Spectrum, and it's like, you know, it looks like like an old Raw, but it's got like new Raw guys in it. Um, but it, like, it's just like, fuck, man! Like something needs to happen, you know? I can't watch Nakamura and Joe go at each other like anymore. I'm gonna die. Yeah, especially since those matches from those house shows they had already shown to us on previous episodes, so we were getting repeats. I couldn't, you know, we, they were running together so much, I didn't know which ones were new and which ones weren't. <laughs> it, it, like, it, it, like I, I'm not even joking. I'm not even like, oh, they all blend together. Like, I honestly did not know which ones were new. Yeah, and that's rare with NXT, because one of the things we've always praised them for is that they don't overexpose things. They don't overdo feuds or matches. You'll get two, maybe three, and then that's it. But with well, Joe and Nakamura, I felt like I saw it 18 times. Yeah, so I I'm looking at this right now, and, like, they're, it's super funny, because, like, this is supposed to be their developmental talent uh, the territory, and... You know, you, you and I have talked about how the draft just decimated things. The draft and the the day the night after WrestleMania was this one-two punch that, to this day, I do not think NXT has recovered from. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at this card, and I'm going to go through each of these guys and out of or guys and girls out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen people competing on this show. One. Two, three, four, five, six out of 14 are homegrown. And, I mean, that's if you want to consider Peyton Royce and Billy Kay homegrown. And even that's a stretch because they had indeed. I, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Peyton but, Royce did at least. But Almas is a, is a New Japan guy. Roderick Strong's a, um, a Ring of Honor guy. Eric Young's a TNA guy. Asuka's... Um, I actually do not know where Asuka came from. Was she, she wasn't New Japan, was she? I think she was All Japan. All Japan. Now, there's a 90s uh, mm -hmm. reference. Um, yeah. 
uh, Gargano and Ciampa were like U.S. indie standouts. Nakamura was New Japan, and Bobby Roode was TNA. Like the amount of guys, that, which is not to say that's bad, but it's just like you basically got you got Ty Dillinger, Nikki Cross, K. Royce, Razor, and Occam. You know, it's just like it, it's very far from what it was a, a while ago when they, you know, when they had their their Tyler Breezes and their um, mm-hmm. uh, and their well, the Bailey. first takeover special. They had Neville, who was fairly new. I don't think he had much of an indie street cred. Uh, I think in Pac he did, but yeah, no, I mean, certainly not as much as Bobby Roode and Nakamura. No, yeah, exactly, and you had Tyler Breeze, who, to this day, I still say, Tyler Breeze is probably more responsible for making me an NXT fan than anybody. I mean, he was just that damn good right off the bat. And, uh, you know, all the women came from there, Bailey, Charlotte, Sasha, all those, uh, Becky Lynch, another one. Um, And I'm just not seeing that now. It's just, like you said, with the draft and the night after WrestleMania, the talent pool just got drained. Yeah. Okay, so let's go through this. Um, uh, Roderick Strong versus Andre Cien Almas. I think this is going to suck. Who needs NyQuil? Uh, yeah, I know. My God. Like, I, I can't, like, NXT has done a great job of changing my opinion of people. Like, I think Johnny Gargano and T- Tommaso Ciampa are great, and I never used to think that. Um, I, I Roderick Strong sucks. He He has always sucked. And he continues to suck. I there is nothing, nothing vaguely interesting about Roderick Strong to me beyond the fact that he is guy that existed in Ring of Honor. Honor, Almas on the other hand is better, and he's uh-huh. getting into this heel character a little more, and it's a lot better than when he was a face. But my God, this isn't the guy for him to go against. I don't think it's going to be very enjoyable from my perspective. I'm, I'm, I think if you like a spot fest, if you like, not even a spot fest, but if you like just like a Ring of Honor style match, you'll probably have fun, but I'm going to be like bored out of my fucking mind. I remember that Ring of Honor show we went to, WrestleMania weekend, and of all the guys that were featured on that show, the one who was a huge smart mark, Ring of Honor fan favorite, Roderick Strong, is the one that I was not impressed with. I have never seen anything in him, ever. Who did we see at that show? It was Strong. We saw Carl Anderson. We saw Steen. We saw Mark Briscoe. Jay Briscoe. Saw, were they, yeah, he was there, too. We saw Elgin. We saw Jay Lethal. We saw uh, Adam Red Cole. Dragon. Yeah, we saw um, uh, Matt Taven, um, Matt Hardy. Um, <laughs> that fat fuck? Yeah, he was super fat, yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah, no, no I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm 100% with you with that match. And he was, like, he was, like, in the, like, he was, like, on the second match. Nobody really, I mean, they were, like, cheering because I feel like they felt they need to, but... Nobody really cared about it. They're just like, eh, you know, like, it, yes, I, I, I've I've never been impressed with. It's it's funny because that whole crew and like the 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 crew. When I say this, like that O five Ring of Honor crew, Punk, Joe, Daniel Bryan, Austin Aries, Roderick Strong, um, Alex Shelley, and you know, Punk. Brian and Shelley were the guys that I always thought were were money. Actually, you yep. know what? I take that back. Punk and Shelley were, 
and Brian, it took me a while. But I, I um, always felt like Brian had potential, but I, I always saw more in him than I did in Roderick Strong. If we're going to use him as the bottom of the barrel example. Yeah, well, his yeah, matches I, were better. I just didn't know if he had, like, he could become a character that you'd really, can, and of course he did, and he, be, you know, made fools of anyone that said otherwise. But, yeah, I, I was just, with the other guys, I was always like, fuck. Like, they're just, Roderick Strong and Austin Aries are the same goddamn person. Like, it's it's this nondescript brown-haired white guy that, like, you know, it's just, I, ugh, you know, I, just not, not interested, not interested. And we've talked about this before, but when uh, I think they brought them in with Shelly at around the same time in TNA, oh, they actually yeah. formed a group for a bit. And you and I were both saying it's like Shelly's the best one of the three. I, I don't know what what is TNA thinking that they keep giving more opportunities to Aries. I'm like, dude, Shelly's your guy. That's the guy you should be running. Yeah, with. they were in paparazzi productions with Kevin Nash, and Nash and Shelly had like the best comedic timing. And like to this day, I think Shelly is like fucking money. I think the dude is like a ton of charisma, great worker, great look. And yeah, they did the thing with Austin Aries where he like put on sunglasses, and they're like, let's let's make him a huge star. I'm like, why? He's like he's not good on the mic. Um, he like thinks he's CM Punk and he's not. Um, he's, yeah, it's just, I, I, I remember we were doing shows around that time about, it. we're like, why is, why are they giving Shelly's push, push to Aries? And it was, it was incredibly confusing to me, but anyway, that match does not excite me. Uh, Eric Young and Ty Dillinger does excite me because number one, I think Dillinger is money. Number two Eric Young insanity is perhaps like one of the best casting choices NXT has ever made because they take mm-hmm. a guy and they basically have this like, okay, we need these post-apocalyptic anarchy type characters. Who should we put? Like Eric Young is like, I, I would never have even thought of that, but they put him in there and he's absolutely perfect for this role. If you want to think of like casting in wrestling and that word doesn't really get used much, but I think it's like, just knowing where a guy fits. Like, I can't think of a better place for Eric Young than that. And I think he's doing a great job. And a gimmick that could fail in a lot of other people's hands and probably will fail when it goes to the main roster, all of the Y family. But for right now, I think Eric Young's perfect in it. And despite the fact that this match has had like a month, like, I'm sorry, a week of a build to it, um, I think it ought to be really good because I think Dillinger's a, uh, like a heat magnet. Uh, I mean that in like, you know, the popular sense. And, Eric Young's great in this role, so I think this ought to be a good one. Yeah, I think they've set up Ty very nicely. He's kind of the new Sami Zayn. We talked about how you know they they completely drained their roster and they've had trouble replacing some of those guys. I think they have a replacement for Sami Zayn in Ty Dillinger right now. Uh, hopefully that pays off down the road. But um, yeah, I'm with you, Eric Young. He's basically playing the character that I think TNA wanted to turn him into, but could never successfully quite get him into that role. And they've done it here. I think Sanity is actually um, a nice breath of fresh air for NXT. So, yeah, I think this could be the sleeper hit of the show. And I, I think I think they are going to pay it off with Dillinger. I think in, in Orlando, uh, it'll be Dillinger and Rude for the title. And um, I think that should be the match, you know. So um, I, 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 I hope that's where they're going. I, I think it is, and I hope it is. Um, all right, then we have a fatal four-way for the NXT Women's Championship. Asuka versus Nikki Cross versus Billy Kay versus Peyton Royce. 
Um, okay, I get that they're holding off on Ember Moon versus Asuka, but Jesus Christ, this is, <laughs> this yeah, is pitiful. I, well, I think they're holding off until Orlando. Um, I like this, and the reason I like it is because for the first time in ever, Asuka has looked vulnerable since maybe like Nia Jax powerbombed her once, but when Nikki mm-hmm. hit that kick, that um, missile drop kick on her, like she went down. And Asuka is so OP at this point that it's like you need to show some vulnerability. And I get, I get the point that like, like you've built her up, and and that that, that that's something they normally don't do on the main roster. So I applaud them for doing that. But you could actually see Asuka, like, lose the title in this because, I mean, she's not going to, but you could see it happening because there's four people, she doesn't have to be pinned, and the combination of ganging up on her and Nikki being someone who's maybe, like, you know, not going to stand for all her, like, attack stuff ought to be good. So I think this is good. (laughs) Yes, I know they're, they're waiting on Asuka and Ember Moon, and yes, it is funny how long they're holding off on it. I mean, I think that's probably the smart choice because, like you, you can really only do it that first match once, but um, uh, I, I don't have an issue with this. I think this is this is a, a good spot. Yeah, I'm with you. I like what they've done with Nikki Cross. I just would have preferred it if it was Nikki versus Oscar one on one. I just don't see, and this is part of the build up and trying to fill the void left behind from of all the girls that left. Um, this probably would be better if they had kept Alexa Bliss and Carmella around yes, and let them yes. be the other two. But Peyton and Billy, I still barely know who they are. And whenever I see them, I feel like they lose all the time. So how are they in title contention? Well, no, I mean, they beat, they beat jobbers, I think. Um, but um, I agree with you. I mean, you said it a while ago when they brought up Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky, you know, Carmella and Alexa should have been brought up to that next level. And then you bring up Peyton and Billy into that level and, 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 you know, Liv Morgan and stuff like that. Instead, they like jumped two things and they're like, oh, that was a lot, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I agree with you. But we're, where we are now, I think it's a good choice. Um, we've got DIY against the Authors of Pain. Um, I think this is super smart booking because... DIY are going to be able to sell like crazy for the authors of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited for their offense to look like it will kill you without actually killing you. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I think this should be good. I think it's going to help the authors of pain a lot. And um, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be DIY in the revival, but um I think it ought to be good. I, I think the authors of pain might win here because otherwise who does DIY go against? And it's probably better if they're chasing authors of pain going into Orlando, as opposed to just mm-hmm. like, we beat them. Who's next? Because I mean, TM six one, I think is legit injured right now. The revival, like, I guess they could do that again, but that, that, that uh, trilogy they did was so perfect that I, I don't know if you want to touch that. Um, so there's not, I don't know where else there is to go except for an extended period with the Authors of Pain and then hope you can build up some other tag teams in the meantime. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I like big, brawling, bruiser tag team types, and I think the Authors of Pain are good in that role, and it would be nice if they won the belts and were able to kind of rule the division that way and also allow for other teams to be built up in the meantime. Uh, so, yeah, I don't really have a problem with this. Um. 
Main event is Nakamura and Bobby Roode. Um, With two weeks of build-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, both of these guys, to me, are like, in my opinion, dudes that came in with a ton of hype and did a lot of cool things and then, in my opinion, cooled off and have been coasting off of rep for a while. Bobby Roode with Glorious, which, like, I don't need every every promo to end with him doing the Glorious thing. And also his entrance lasts way too long. I'm almost getting tired of Glorious, which is should be – it shouldn't happen this short. And Nakamura, I feel like – I don't know if it was just that Joe feud, but it's just like it was just fucking too much. And, I like, I wasn't a fan. And I hope both of these guys can come out of this funk that they're in, in my opinion. I know a lot of people disagree with that, but come out of this funk and, like, just put on a really good, interesting match. Because, first of all, Shinsuke came here. I find it interesting. They're trying to get Shinsuke ready for the main roster and to work in American style. So they put him against a New Japan-style worker the whole time, like with Finn and um, and Samoa Joe. Now, granted, his match with Finn was, in my opinion, much better than anything he ever did with Samoa Joe. But, like, they never really put him with American guys that work that kind of style. So Bobby Roode is a super American type of worker. So yeah. this, this ought to be, like, a chance for Nakamura to really work the style that WWE is trying to get him to work in addition to his his uh, uh, strong style, um, as you might call it. So um, I think Rude's going over. Um, if not here, then maybe – no, I think he's going over. I think he's going over. Um, and then they build to Rude and Dillinger. That's where I think it's going. I think that would probably move. I'm with you on Nakamura kind of cooling off, and I think the Joe feud had a lot to do with that. When you see the same match over and over again, you can really wear – you get tired of seeing certain people – um, so hopefully Bobby Roode creates a fresh match for him. I also think Roode, uh, if he got into any kind of a funk or cooled off, I think it, a large part of it had to do with he got the number one contendership in that four-way, and then we never saw him again because it was all house shows forever. So it just kind of – I actually forgot he was the number one contender until a couple weeks ago. I was, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Forgot about that. And uh, so, it's, again, I mean, this NXT special just doesn't have, like, that – I don't know, raging climax, long build-up going into it that a lot of the other ones do. Yeah, yeah. All right, so why don't we move on to the Royal Rumble here? Um, we've got seven matches, um, including actually only five on the main show and two on the pre-show. So the pre-show okay, so has... seven matches for the Rumble. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, but it's only five. Um <laughs> Uh, so we got uh, Sasha Banks and Nia Jax on the pre-show. I do appreciate that the women's division has more than one feud going in it at once, mm-hmm. which is nice to see. Um, what a division should have. I mean, they're doing it with the cruiserweights too. Yeah, they, they actually. Yeah, I, I wanted to. Yeah, that's a good point. Like they have been. They've got like three to four different feuds going on in the cruiserweight division, which is really cool because it seems like it's an actual division with multiple people on it, and they're like competing for something. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought so. I, I think they're actually doing that well. The tag t- the tag teams, not so much because they split their, um, what was a very robust tag division into two halves, which they probably shouldn't have done. They probably shouldn't have done that with any of them, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, Sasha Banks and Nia Jax, I think, um, I mean, it should be good. Like, 
the, the, the thing that's hurt this feud in my eyes is the fact that both of these women are just awful on the mic. Well, let me rephrase that. Nia Jax is not awful on the mic. Her voice just does not, it should not come out of her body. Like, you know, it's very sweet. It's like Bobby Lashley. Yeah, it really is. Like, it's very sweet and not intimidating. And to me, just let Nia Jax, like, be silent and kill you. And that's what it should be. Sasha, like, has always been awful on the mic um, since she was in NXT. And I could see it coming a mile away. And even when people were like, we want Sasha, I'm like, I want Sasha in the ring because she's awesome. And, like, with her entrances, but, like, keep her away from a fucking microphone. Like, she is terrible. So the fact that it's... I, I like had, it better as a heel, and I, I keep making that point. She works better as a heel. So, again, here we are, this feud. She's playing the injured underdog, and I just don't... We talked about casting. I just don't think Sasha works in that role. But the fa- But, like, when everyone's chanting, we want Sasha throughout, like four months of program, then, like, what are they going to do? Like, keep her a heel, like, against Charlotte? I, I, you, well, keep in I, mind, they were chanting, we want Sasha right after she was coming out of NXT with all that hype, and then they put her in Team Bad where she was doing nothing. So, I mean, I feel like they did it after that, again. too, though. Did they? I, I don't remember. I think they did it, like, you remember when, God, I don't even remember. Who was Charlotte feuding with after WrestleMania last year? Oh, Jesus. Um, I think it was Sasha. Didn't they go into that? Or was it Becky? I think it was. Might have been Natalia. I don't know. <laughs> no, it was Natalia. It wasn't Sasha because they were like, what? They're not doing Sasha and, and, and Charlotte. They were like, so I, I don't think they had much choice with that. I agree with you. I think she's better as a heel. I hate her playing like, like the, the underdog. But Playing um, Bailey, basically. Yeah, yeah, which is like, cool, two Baileys. Um all right, so the next match is uh, Cesaro and Sheamus against Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. I do not give a fuck. The Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows have lost 800 matches for the tag titles. Like, they've been nerfed so much. They're so pointless. Like, I do not care about this team at all. They're the anti-authors of pain, where the authors of pain, um, you might not know who they are, but they benefited from... Uh, and by that, I mean they didn't have a whole lot of indie cred, didn't come from New Japan or anything like that, but... Um, they benefited from great booking and having Paul Ellering as a voice piece. So they win all the time, they kill people, and they have this awesome guy talking for them. Anderson and Gallows, they're on paper, should be the two big brawling guys that beat the shit out of people, and that's what they're good at. That's what they were known for. Um, And they were also known for being part of the Bullet Club. People know the Bullet Club. People know who they are. And when they were paired with AJ, they felt like, okay, this is a force to reckon with. They took AJ away from them and then proceeded to have them lose 4,000 matches. So, to your point, it's like, all right, uh, why should I care anymore? How are they in title contention? Because there's, like, no one – there's, like, Enzo and Cass, and they don't want to do that right now. Uh, that and might be their Mania match. Probably, like, and there's uh, New Day. And Enzo so, and like, Cass versus New Day, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, like there's only so many – when you have six teams and there's three hours of Raw each week, there's only so many combinations you can do before it starts repeating endlessly, you know? Speaking of that, I actually started watching Raw on the network, starting with 93. It is so refreshing watching one-hour shows. Isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm in, I, like, g- good, because I did, I remember when I started that, like, a year, two years ago or something, I'm, I got, uh, I got sidetracked, but I'm, I'm in, um, I'm in January 96 right now, and now I'm watching Nitro and Raw back and forth. 
Um, it is, right? It's so, like, nice to watch, like, wait till you get the Nitro, Patrick. Shit moves on, like, overdrive. You're like, it's an hour of show, and it's like, here's every main eventer. <laughs> I'm sure it does. I mean, I just got done watching the Mr. Perfect Ric Flair episode, which I think is, like, the third episode. And Yeah, that, it's, right after the, very... it's right after the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and that match isn't very good. Uh, I, it did not hold up well, but... Still, it was like, okay, at least I'm not going to see it 14 times. I, it, I remember, isn't the commentary on that match, like, awful? I mean, it's got Rob Bartlett, so anything on that? Like, he that was commentary... silent for most of it, which was weird. Like, he just randomly spoke up at points. It was like, whoa, forgot you were that, there. That commentary, like, team is fucking so awful. Like, it, for those of you who haven't seen the 1993 Raws, or actually any Raws through, like, 96 or 95 when they just taped them for like, they taped them like they did a one day and it would be like a month's worth of shows, but they would overdub it in the, um, in, uh, in Connecticut. So Vince mm-hmm. throws out all these like quote unquote timely references that happened the day of, and it's so forced and terrible. And he's like, wow, did you see the OJ trial? And it like, it has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it's just like him bringing it up. So you don't think it wasn't taped like, three weeks ago it's so fucking awful and like macho man these these episodes are going to make you fucking hate macho man he's so fucking awful wait until he gets to like lex luger's feud with yokozuna and he just starts going talking like a fucking baby and he's like oh i've got a lot of r-s-p-e-c-t for the lex luger i'm like why did you fucking spell it out you idiot and he does it like eight times it's it'll make you question like guys you thought you liked yeah i tell you um again this is just watching the first few episodes but the only one who's any good on commentary is bobby heenan and uh, he's the only one that's like yeah he's great and he leaves like like very soon yeah, he leaves, what, at the end of the year, 93? Yeah, he leaves in, like, the, the first thing of, like, 94 or, like, the last one in 93. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a sad departure. But, I mean, watching that Flair Perfect match, Bartlett was terrible, McMahon was terrible, but Bobby had, like, an investment because they explained that he had, like, a financial investment yeah, in yeah, Flair. Yeah. So he's, like, he actually sounded like he cares. Yeah, it's, it's um... It's wait until oh man wait until fucking Hogan gets there and he's like like doesn't get much of a reaction and he's like oh listen brother and it's like one of two times he shows up. Yep. That's, yeah. yeah. It's it's like it's funny because the shows like it's fun. You watch these shows and you'll like see as you rewatch them, Patrick, because I know you saw them the first time, but um, you'll watch these shows and you'll be like you know what happens. But you're like, whoa, wow, I'm really shocked that this happened. You'll be like, you know, when 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 the kid beats Razor Ramon, you'll be like, whoa, because it's just like he like he's built up like a jobber and Razor Ramon doesn't lose. to. It's like a really shocking thing. And it's like there's so many smart things they did on those shows because they had an hour they planned in advance. And holy shit, they didn't have to do 900 million things with backstage vignettes to like build every goddamn thing up and make it seem like it wasn't a real thing happening. I was watching a Nitro in 96, and they're like, well, the Horsemen don't want to fight the Dungeon of Doom, so we've got a standby match with Public Enemy. And I'm like, holy shit, you're acting like this is a real sporting show. This is amazing. (laughs) Those little nuances that you just don't see anymore, and that made the show a lot more believable. Everything feels so 
paint paint by numbers now. It's as opposed really to now when Stephanie's like, "Whoa, I really hope Seth Rollins gets into a fight with Bray Wyatt tonight, so we can make that match for the main event. Otherwise, it's the Shining Stars against Titus O'Neil in a handicap match." <laughs> It does make you wonder, what would happen if no brawls or opening promos to set up tag matches? Then you would have no matches. That's why it's fucking stupid. That's why it's dumb. That's why it, it seems fucking fake. When people say it seems fake, people that aren't wrestling fans, what they mean is their suspension of disbelief has been destroyed so much because it's being pushed to the fucking limit by this company that's like, just fucking believe what we say, please. <laughs> Ugh. So, Absolutely. All right. So, so let's sorry get into these other. Sidetrack there, but that was just. Yeah. yeah. So let's get into these other uh, matches. Um, Neville versus ne- Neville versus Rich Swan for the cruiserweight title. Neville should win like convincingly and become the Goldberg of this cruiserweight division. And hopefully he he fights Cedric at WrestleMania or something. But this is a no brainer. Neville Neville squashes Rich Swan. Oh, absolutely. He was exactly what the Cruiserweight division needed. Uh, he was a name uh, that was built up moderately, somewhat well. I mean, he was people knew who Neville was. He was promoted well on the main roster. Uh, he's a hated heel that I think is playing the role shockingly Oh, he's not, well. he's not doing the, the Red Arrow, which is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things to like about this new version of Neville. I was like, damn, where's this guy coming from? Yeah. And you're putting up against this happy-go-lucky idiot babyface. I'm like, dude. Neville has to win the title here, right? I, I hate uh, Rich. Rich Swan sucks so much. I mean, he's he's a fine worker. I've never been, but like he's just like he's just like like WWE's go to like like black person gimmick. Their words, not mine. But like they're like he likes to have fun. Like that's 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 what the character is. You know, it's shallow. It's patronizing. It's you know, it's 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 terrible. And it's sad because on 205 Live, the episode where he won the title, I felt like they humanized him considerably by talking about his parents and his mom and uh, how he dedicated the win to his mom and all this other stuff. He felt like a real person, and, but you don't see that on Raw or SmackDown. He's yeah. kind of like, like you said, he's just a, a stereotype, basically. Yeah. All right, so next we got uh, Charlotte and Bailey for the Raw women's title. Um, I think Charlotte's going to go over. I think they're going to push this till Mania. Which is yeah, I think it's going to be another triple threat at Mania. It's going to be Sasha Bailey and Charlotte. So yeah, yeah. So I think Charlotte will retain. Plus, they're really interest, interested in keeping that pay per view win streak going for Charlotte. So yes. Um, Which AJ AJ against Cena. Um, I, I I do not see any other outcome other than Cena winning this. I mean, I think they're like in full on we're trying to placate John Cena mode because he made those, because he was upset recently that um, Lesnar and, and some of the other guys come in and they make almost as much as him, but work so much less. And he's like, you don't appreciate me. Apparently that was a thing that happened backstage. Um, and they're like, Oh, he's being a big star. We got to, we got to get him while he's here. So I think Cena's going over. Um, plus it's a classic getting a win back situation. So, um, yeah, I, I think at Cena least goes Cena over. had to put him over like three or four times before doing the title change. So I guess I yeah. put up with it. Yeah. Um, uh, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. Once again, I do not see anything other than Roman Reigns winning this. Even what they did on Raw, with, with, with having Roman Reigns get the momentum and stuff, I, I feel like I feel like it's still going to be Roman Reigns. 
Yeah, because I'm trying to look ahead of what the Universal title match is going to be for WrestleMania, and it's really tough to see. Um, I, I, I think it's Reigns oh, and Strowman. I, I do think it's Reigns and Strowman. Um, which, as I said last week, that match won't work because no one's going to cheer Roman over Strowman. But uh, well, it didn't work last year, and they did that. So I mean, when does oh, when no, has no, that ever stopped stop them? them. That, yeah, that's not going to stop them from doing anything. But <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. I think Roman wins the belt here, and uh, if he doesn't win it at the Rumble, he'll win it not long after. What's the February show? Uh, is that a uh, Raw show? Elimination. Well, they have two. They have Elimination Chamber, and I don't know something else. They have two of them. I know that. Well, yeah, because we have to have 40 pay-per-views a year, of course. Um, yes. <laughs> shit. Uh, but, yeah, Roman, he'll probably go into WrestleMania as the champion. If not tonight, if not, or if not at the Rumble, it'll happen sometime soon. All right. So let's have a um, – let's discuss the Rumble, which is always the most enjoyable part of, of the show. And I think, quite honestly, I think for the first time since, not last year, not the year before, not the year before that. What was, was it 20- said that Triple H wasn't even on the active roster and we still called him coming back and winning the Rumble? <laughs> yeah. So I think since the first time since 2012 when Sheamus won, we really don't have a firm idea of who is going to win, which is a really, which I think is really good. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, the problem is, uh, and this is an obvious problem, we'll get the negative out of the way, uh, do they want to give the Rumble win to one of those part-timers that we saw on Monday Night Raw this week, that, that, the ones that closed the show, Undertaker, Goldberg, or Lesnar? Um, I think those guys are in there. So let's discuss this. So first, let me name all the participants that have been named. Um, I believe there are nine spots open. We can discuss those. But um, you got Goldberg. Brock Lesnar, Big E, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, Chris Jericho, Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin, The Undertaker, Dean Ambrose, The Miz, Dolph Ziggler, Cesaro, Sheamus, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, Luke Harper, Big Show, Sami Zayn, Big Cass, and Rusev. So those are your guys going in. Um, so we can, I think we can both agree that the the title holders going in are going to be faces. Is that correct? Yes. So you're looking, you're looking at a heel winning it. I don't. I, the Goldberg is in a lot of minds the favorite. Here's why I do not think it's Goldberg. Because. Goldberg is going to wrestle Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. We can we can agree correct. that 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 match is happening, correct? Yes, yes. If Goldberg wins the Royal Rumble, that means Brock Lesnar has to win the title. Brock Lesnar is not wrestling at Fastlane, which is the Raw one, which I just remembered. He is not uh, wrestling at the Elimination Chamber because it's a SmackDown one. Goldberg is wrestling at Fastlane. So in order for that match to be for the title, Lesnar has to win the Rumble. And then Goldberg has to defeat either Owens or Reigns at Fastlane for the title. So if you're looking at one of those two guys to win, it's Lesnar. It's not Goldberg. Right. That's my theory. Um, Yeah, and that makes sense. That said, I think that was a thought process to make that the world title match with the ratings, quote-unquote, because they weren't that much bigger than normal, uh, that Goldberg got and and the buzz that that match got. 
Um, I don't think they're going to put that with the title. I, I think, I don't think they will. Um, I could be wrong, but you know, um, Jericho has been high on people's lists for like odd. There's odds makers for Royal Rumble because they're of course, mm-hmm. um, and that and that would assume obviously Jericho and Owens. I do think they're going to do Jericho and Owens, and I think you'll agree with me when Jericho and Owens will probably be for the U.S. title. So I don't think Jericho is getting a Rumble win here. Um, I'm going down the list here. The New Day isn't winning it. Um, Braun Strowman is an interesting one because I think I think Strowman could win. Like people of all think, the younger oh, talents, yeah. uh, he's the most likely. Yes, and him versus Reigns, they've teased that match and they've indicated that that may, may be where they want to go. So I, I, I would put so far. Out of the names I've read so far of the New Day, Jericho, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, and Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman's the most likely. I would have told you Baron Corbin on the other side could be a dude to watch out for, but Cena beat him pretty quickly and pretty convincingly in mm-hmm. in the on SmackDown. So I feel like if they were going to do that, they would have had Corbin go over. So when Cena wins, he's got something to hold over his head for so so, so Cena can over uh, overcome those odds at, at WrestleMania. <laughs> Um, He's like Tom Brady overcoming those odds. Yeah, well, that's what he said on TMZ that, uh, the other day, too. So um, He's just like Tom Brady. Um, Undertaker, I would have told you when it was Undertaker and Cena, when that was the match they were headed for, I would have told you Undertaker was definitely going to win it. Now, I don't know. I am of the opinion, and I, I think I said this last week, that it will be Undertaker and Balor at WrestleMania because he's going against somebody on the Raw side. It won't be Owens. It won't be Rollins. I don't think it's going to be Reigns. Um, when you look at the top guys left on that show, it's really only Balor. So I think Undertaker and Balor is that match. I'm, I'm doing my mathematic Royal Rumble here. Um, we got three names from SmackDown that you could I could see going against John Cena. Um, Ambrose, Miz, and Ziggler. I think Ambrose and Miz are more likely simply because Miz has done such a great job this year and maybe maybe they feel like they can they can get they, they can they can bring him back on the on the uh, main event level and get something out of him. I don't think any of these are really that likely and I think Ziggler they're like I think Ziggler and Ambrose are probably destined for each other at Mania. Um so I don't also, really I think it's, feel like with the elimination chamber pay-per-view being a SmackDown show that they'll probably use that show to determine whatever the WrestleMania main event is for SmackDown. Well, they said the Elimination Chamber is going to be for the title. Interesting. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll have two like they do with Hell in a Cell. I don't know. (laughs) Um, uh, I don't think Cesaro or or Sheamus are winning it. I don't think Bray Wyatt, Orton, or Harper are winning it because I think they're going to be, they're married heading into the show. And then you got Big Show, he ain't winning it. Sami Zayn ain't winning it. Cass and Rusev are not winning it. So, in my opinion, out of all those guys, my I think Strowman, Undertaker, I think it's Strowman 1, um, Undertaker 2, and Lesnar 3. Maybe you could flip, flip Lesnar and Undertaker. However, I don't think that's the most likely person to win. I think Samoa Joe is going to win it. Interesting. Um, you know, I hadn't even thought about that. He's not on the takeover special, is he? That's very interesting. No, he's not. Um, I think 
I think Joe is going to win, and then you have Joe and Cena at Mania. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they were Internet both prospects from California at the same at the same time. So I think that's I, I think Cena would like to work with Joe. Um so I, I think I think Joe is the most likely. Um from what I understand they're still keeping Nakamura on NXT, but I would not put it past them to have Nakamura there at like the thirty spot or something. I don't know if Dillinger is going to be number ten. I don't think he is. <laughs> that would be too perfect. It would just be too a little too on the nose, but yeah, because be- they've got they've got nine spots. So who do you think they're going to put in the the nine spots? So what do you say, like two legend guys? Uh, well, I think Jimmy Snuka is an obvious pick. Um, that was a bad. What? Pick, but uh, oh, oh, it was a, a joke. Pick. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a terrible person, but um. God, I'm trying to think. Legends, guys, who can they throw out there that they always do that? Though, you know, yeah, they do. I mean, are they gonna dust off Rob Van Dam again? Yeah, that's likely. They could do RVD. They could do like a Hardy, maybe. I don't know. Um, they could uh, um, maybe Shawn Michaels. No, I don't think he's doing it. Mm. Um, DDP, maybe. Kane, I think I think Kane will oh, probably be I in it. One. What about Kurt Angle? Yeah, he could be in it. I think Kane and him are likely. Um, um, I think you're going to have three of the UK guys. I think you're going to have like Tyler Bate. Um, they were pulled off some England shows, um, so I think they might be there. And I think you may have like Joe Nakamura. Um, Actually, that's a question. Have there been any talks of what they're going to do with that UK title? Um, not that I've heard of. I mean, I, I, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, they're they're trying to make a they're trying to make a, a push into Europe. Mm-hmm. They're 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 already like the undisputed like Europe king, but you know, there's um, world of sport is trying to get started up again, and there's competition there. I mean. Yeah, no, I don't know what they're doing with it. I think they just wanted to anchor. The competition like, is terrible. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. What about you? What are your picks for the Rumble? Well, I'm I'm going into it thinking that Undertaker's going to win. Um, okay. So he, he would be my number one. But I think your Samoa Joe idea sounds very likely, especially now that I've kind of put two and two together. Oh, he's not on the takeover card. Interesting. Um, I also think that uh, Strowman, of all the young up-and-coming talents, he's the most likely. Um, I'm with you. I don't think Goldberg has a chance. I don't think Lesnar does either. I think it's really down to those options. I think uh, Undertaker, if they wanted to be lazy and piss me off, they'd go with Undertaker. If they want to do something interesting, you know, go with Strowman. If they want to shock people, go with Samoa Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, so why don't we um, why don't we do a uh, Royal Rumble retrospective? Let's do two Royal Rumbles here. Yep. Um, and random pick. Okay, I didn't get anything. Hold on. All right, here we go. The Royal Rumble, nineteen ninety nine. No chance in hell. <laughs> People forget that Vince McMahon's theme song was originally a pay-per-view theme. 
Yes, it was. And the um, oh no, that was the other one. Uh, here, okay, here's a here's a uh, fun trivia. Do you know what the subtitle was for the 1998 Royal Rumble? Something like pain's just a four-letter word, or something like no, that. No, it was pain. It was just pain. Just pain. Okay. Yeah, and it was the back of a bald head with nails in it, because it was <laughs> the 90s. That sounds right. a lot like Hellraiser, which was the 80s, but sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, this one was pretty good, right? I would say um, it has an awesome I Quit match on there. And uh, ending to the Rumble that, while the Rumble match itself was a little sloppily executed, I thought the ending was really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the ending was really good. Um yeah, the I Quit match, I remember as a kid being disappointed because they're like, it'll be more violent than Hell in a Cell. And I was like, yeah. Um, I haven't watched it probably since. Uh, has it aged well? I think so. It's dramatic as hell to watch because I'm just, I... Because you know how times... real those shots are. Yeah, exactly. It was one of those moments where I was begging for somebody to stop the match because I legit felt bad for Foley. And thank yeah. God I did not notice his kids crying in the front row. That that would have made it even worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll say, uh, say this. One of my favorite, like, match build-up promo packages was for the I Quit match. I don't remember it. I'll go back and watch it. I think it's pretty um, – it's very attitude era E if that makes any sense. But it, yeah, I yeah, think it's no. a lot of fun. I and it's quotable as hell. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, yeah, I remember the finish to the Rumble. I remember, like, Austin and McMahon, like, brawl. Didn't they, like, leave for a while? They, like, brawled through the stands? Yeah, because they came in at one and two, and... Um, then Austin just, like, beat him up throughout the arena, right? Yeah, they went into the crowd, and then Austin followed McMahon into the bathroom, and then that, the corporation was there waiting for him, and they jumped him, and Austin had to be stretchered out, and it looked like he was done, and then he came back. Uh, yeah. towards the end of the Rumble. And McMahon did commentary most of the time. Yes, I remember that. That was good. That was good. Um, uh, yeah, I remember it not having, like, a super star-studded roster. Um, <laughs> well, this was um, – and one of the reasons I felt like this Rumble was overall sloppily executed was this was one where they had, like, four or five spots where, like, ten guys got thrown out at once. And I know that's way more than 30, what I just described, but still, you get what I mean. Like, there'd be six people, and then Road Dog would come in and throw everybody out. Uh, yeah, he's he got, like, three there. eliminations in this. He's got – he eliminated Edge, Gangrel, and Al Snow. That yeah, he is, was, like, the last one in the ring for a minute. That is tied with – that is tied with Steve Austin for this Rumble and tied with Kane. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you count Kane eliminated himself, so I guess. Uh, yeah, does that count on Kane's stats? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Um, also, is was was Mabel called Mabel at this point? They have yeah, him listed did, as Mabel. Yeah, he came in that night. Actually, he was on the pre-show. Um, yes, he was. Uh, yeah, Vince forced mankind to work a quote-unquote tune-up match 
against Mabel right before going into the I Quit match because the corporation loved to screw the people they didn't like. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why Mabel was there. And then during the Rumble, Undertaker and the Ministry of Darkness abducted him, and then he came back brainwashed as Zisera. Yes. It's amazing yeah. how I remember all this shit. It is, it is. Um, all right, we also had um, – God, I have not seen this pay-per-view since it, like, happened. So this is from memory. Um, I remember liking Shamrock and Billy Gunn. Have you seen that match recently for the IC title? I haven't seen the match recently. I remember really liking the buildup. Um, yeah, me too. Where it was, yeah, where Billy Gunn was finally breaking out in, as a single star, and this match was kind of the, the question whether or not he could actually win the big one. And should have led to a big payoff at WrestleMania, but we all know what happened there. We know what happened with that, yeah. Um, yeah. X-Pac and Gangrel had no build. That was just a random put-on-the-card shit match. Yes, yes it was. Uh, between two guys that admittedly were over, but there was no program between them. Yeah, and then we had Bossman and Road Dog, which I don't think had any build beyond your corporation, I'm DX. Somewhat. Road Dog did beat him for the hardcore title. Um, no, no, wait a minute. No, I think you're right. Who was the hardcore champion first? Was it Bossman or Road Dog? Bossman was a hardcore before Road Dog was. Okay, so I think. But Road this Dog match is is not for the hardcore title. I it's not. Okay, interesting. Because at I, least that's what Wikipedia says. I remember it in my mind being, but they say it's not. Uh, it, I'm going to assume if Wikipedia says it's not, then I'll just take Wikipedia's word for it. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's go to one more. Let's do one more retrospective. Cool. Uh, da, da. Ah, uh, here we go. The from uh, I will tell you where it's from. You can guess the 1993 Royal Rumble um, <laughs> with no tagline that I can see here. Uh, where was this from, Patrick? I actually don't remember. It's Sacramento, California, California. Which, by the way, I feel like California has hosted a ton of Royal Rumbles. So let me see here. Um, okay, not as many as I thought. I think we just. I think I was just in a period where they... Okay, no, 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 sorry. So, 93, 96, 98, 99, 2005. Okay, that's it. But there was a time where it was like a high percentage of the Royal Rumbles were in California. But, okay. California. Uh, yeah, in California. Um, okay, so... This one was pretty good, Right? Um, trying to remember it. I, I, this is one I don't think I've watched since I originally watched the pay-per-view. Um, actually, no, I take that back. I watched it a few years ago. There was well, a lot of uh, stuff on there that I remember liking, but it nothing that really stood out as, like, classic. You should have just better. watched it, because it comes right before that Raw thing you were on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Um... So it's got it's got Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty for the IC title, like a year later, um, and that it's a pretty good match. Um, it's it won like PWI Match of the Year, um, but according to Shawn, it was not as good as their previous matches on house shows has been, and he was disappointed. Yep. And apparently, Vince was disappointed. Yeah, Marty said something similar in shoot interviews. Um, apparently, they were tearing it down at house shows, and the match they had at the Rumble was only like pretty good and pretty good was not what they were shooting for. So yeah. 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 Um, we had uh, Steiner brothers against the Beverly brothers. 
which I do not I do not remember this match. I, I don't remember that match at all. The only thing I remember about the Beverly Brothers is their theme song, which sounds like a Sonic the Hedgehog piece of music. It does. It sounds like Sonic the Hedgehog goes to the carnival. Yeah. <laughs> Like ancient ruin zone. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, um, so uh, we had Bam Bam Bigelow defeat the Big Boss Man, which I thought was good because it was, which is interesting because this is the role three years later Bigelow would play for Goldust. It's the outgoing guy, the Boss Man, um, putting over the mm-hmm. new kind of rough and tough guy, which would be Bigelow. So, um, I mean, it's not really a great match, but um, in fact, it's, it's kind of a bad match. But booking wise, it serves its purpose. Right, and uh, back in those days, you used to see those matches a lot more often. Now, like you said, they just repeat matches over and over again. So whenever somebody goes away, they just kind of disappear, and they don't get like that one last send-off match to put somebody over. They just kind of go away. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had Brett and Razor for the WWF title. Um, I remember this being good, and I don't... I don't have anything to back this up except for just something in my head telling me, but I feel like their King of the Ring match was better. Is that um, true? Uh, I'd say, again, I'd have to go back and rewatch them. I remember liking their King of the Ring match more. Uh, I do remember liking this match and thinking it was solid, even though uh, it was kind of like, you know, Razor was still a newcomer at this point, and Brett was still fairly new as champion, so it just felt like something that got thrown together, but I remember it enjoying it regardless. Well, I heard rumors that it was supposed to be Brett and Warrior. Inter- maybe it was. Like or like before he left. Like, that that's what the the rumor was, but, I mean, I... I, I and, you know, back in those days, they used to have matches mapped out months in advance, so I wouldn't be surprised if Warrior... Uh, fit into their plans in a big way, which makes me wonder, what do you think the plan for WrestleMania 9 was originally? Because I guarantee you Yokozuna and Bret Hart was not the original plan. I guess it would have been Warrior and Yoko. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Warrior was going to be the focal point um, as opposed to Bret. Um, And it would make sense because Razor had been on the scene for like four and a half months and while he was positioned in the main event, it was like kind of a, wow, this is, you know, that, that, that's kind of quick, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. And then we had the Royal Rumble match, um, which had Yokozuna win. He last eliminated Savage, which ooh, Savage was a fucking idiot. He, like, tries to pin him. And Yokozuna, like, presses him over the top rope, which was, it was a spot. I feel like they're like, let's, like, like let's go backwards from this spot. How do we do this? I, it makes sense from the fact that I think Savage as a character is stupid enough that he would do that. But it's just like, <laughs> what an idiot, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, they probably could have set that up a little bit better. I probably would have had, like, Savage try to knock him down, try to knock him down, and then does, like, a a cross body press and that takes him down and then yeah. Yoko powers him over. Yeah. So it's like you get uh, the knockdown, but then Yoko just overpowers him and throws him over. 
I see that Carlos Colon is in this one. Is this the one where Gorilla Monsoon goes, that youngster, Carlos Colon, and he's like 43 when it happened? <laughs> that might be. I do not remember Carlos Colon being in that rumble. That's very interesting. Yeah, look at these guys here. You got... Um, God damn, they put everybody in these things. I remember when Mil Mascaris came out in 97, and I was like... Yeah, 97 shit. with like Cybernetico and shit. Yeah. Um, um, they padded the shit out of that one. Um... Uh, you got Flair, Backlund. Backlund lasted an hour and a minute. Jesus. Um, well, I mean, that's Shango. what they were known for. I mean, Backlund and Flair were guys that could last forever, so might as well use it. I mean, Royal Rumble is perfect for marathon match type of guys. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, Papa Shango lasted 28 seconds. Uh, Ted DiBiase in his final Royal Rumble. Um, Brian Nobbs. Virgil who always popped into these things like there was in the early 90s like Brian Knobs was like the only nasty boy that was in the rumble for some reason uh, well Jerry Sags is in this one. Oh, he is okay he and Knobs lasts two minutes and Sags lasts 21 minutes so it's, oh, wow. uh, it, it wasn't even close. that one uh Virgil Jerry Lawler Max fucking moon is in it um oh dear god uh, Tenru. Now, t- uh, remind me, is this the one with um, Giant Gonzalez attacking Undertaker? Yes, yes, because that's okay. the only one Giant Gonzalez is in. Even though he wasn't technically in it. <laughs> yes, you're right. He wasn't in it. No. Um, uh, yes, but that that is this one. Um, Mr. Perfect. Skin, fucking Skinner is still in the. This is like I, Patrick. You're gonna find this so fascinating as you go through '93. Watch all these weird ass rock and wrestling holdouts that are still there and seem so out of place. Virgil's in the company until like '94. Like fucking yeah. like Coco Beware's in there for a good amount of time. Jim Duggan's in there until like July. Um, like it, it's really weird. Like Skinner. Okay, so let's see who else we got. Coco Beware, Samu. The Berserker, The Undertaker. Berserker was still there by 93? Yeah, yeah. Good Lord. I thought that gimmick fizzled out long before then. No, he's there. Um, Undertaker, Terry Taylor, Damian Demento, um, Erwin Arshay. First Raw main event, Undertaker yeah. and Damian Demento. That's true. Tatanka, Jerry Sags, Typhoon, Fatu, Earthquake, Carlos Colon, Tito Santana, Rick Martel, Yokozuna, Owen Hart, Repo Man, and Randy Savage. Jesus. Now, yeah. it's funny you mentioned Typhoon because when I was watching the last episode of Raw, the, the Perfect Flare episode, they said, tune in next week. You'll see Typhoon versus Doink the Clown. I was like, well, God, I have to see that. Doink rips him apart, so get ready for that one. Actually, I don't. Does he? I feel like they like protect Typhoon more than they should. I think he wins, but I don't think it's as much as you think he would win by. You know? Yeah. Like I think Typhoon gets some offense. Um interesting. Um all right, so I think that's it. Um we'll be back next week uh to talk about the Royal Rumble Fallout and Patrick will have moved to a new home. Ooh. <laughs> It'll be interesting. I'm going to be standing in a completely different spot when I do this show. It's going to be wild. Yeah, nobody's going to believe it. Um, All right, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. As always, please have a fantastic week, and we are signing off.
sit.
by yourself. So my only point is that, like, you know, yeah. so when I'm here by myself, the one thing that's really difficult to do is get in here to do anything. But out, out. Go by that.
Hey, do you have a notepad I can use for tomorrow? Um, no, but don't you and your, like, stuff from school? What are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you what? Her. No, she's here. Yeah, no, that's why I took you out of there. Um, or did you pay them? Yep, I did. I had to pay my portion of things too. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Come on, Doodle. Come on. Trixie, where are you? Trixie, girl, come on. Here. Come on. We'll leave Mommy alone, okay? garbage in there? Um, no, here, I'm going to take it. It's a little bit. And then, <coughs> I'm in the bathroom, though. Okay.
Yes. Well, what are you waiting for me to do? So I can pay my bills. Oh, okay. All right, well, come in. Well, you have to keep the dog because I have to blow dry and go to bed. Okay. So here, come and pay your thing. Get your thing. Just sit sit over here with me. She's with me. Come on, Trick. Trick, no, no, no. Go with, no. Go with mom. Go with mom. Come on, go. Or stay. Oh, you're welcome. Doesn't it look a lot better in there? Yeah. About seven ten, seven fifteen. Wait, not even, not even. I've got to leave at like seven. Okay, well, can you get up and like take her out and stuff? Yeah. And I'll get up at quarters to seven. I was going to get up at seven, but like I have to leave at seven thirty or whatever, you know, a little bit before seven thirty to take her, and I want to be able to come walk back here and then, um, you know, and then leave. Yeah. Okay. So. You know, it would be really helpful if, like, you Yeah, I see her. All right. Okay, come on. Let's go.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.